My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Freedom from fear and more. What follows is an addendum in my first book, Freedom from Fear, which sold over 150,000 copies worldwide and has been translated into multiple languages. To order your copy, go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net slash store. What is fear? Well, it's many things to many people. Ask 10 people what, what is fear and you'll get 10 different answers. The number one fear men have is public speaking. Number two is death. That means most people would rather be in the casket than deliver the eulogy. In my late 20s, I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, a best-selling book written in the midst of the Depression, printed in 1935. One chapter was called The Six Ghosts of Fear. After having reread it recently, here's my take on Mr. Hill's topics. Number one, fear of poverty. I grew up poor. Oh, I never missed a meal. I always had clothes on my back and a roof over my head, but my family was in the lower level of the economic pyramid. I started working when I was 12 years old. I mowed lawns, I washed windows, I bought candy for a penny and sold it for a nickel. If I wanted something, I worked for it. Poverty's a mindset. I've been out of money plenty of times, but being broke is the state of mind. Most millionaires lost several fortunes before it finally stuck. It took billionaire Phil Knight over 20 years of hard work building Nike into a global force for him to finally become wealthy. I read that in the book Shoe Dog. Number two, fear criticism. Put one crab in a bucket of water and he'll climb right out. Drop five crabs in a bucket and none of them will escape. Why? They pull each other down. What you think of me is none of my business. I've heard so many people say, but what will they say? I've yet to find out who they are. They can destroy your imagination, your drive, your initiative, your effort, and your dreams. Walk away from they. Ignore they. To heck with they. Stay out of the bucket of crabs. Number three, fear of ill health. My mother used to say, if you have your health, you have everything. Full disclosure, she was a bit of a hypochondriac, but I loved her dearly. But she always had a malady of the month. But in hindsight, it was just for attention. Don't we all want attention? I think so. It's not what happens to us, it's how we respond. Eat smart. Work out. Get plenty of sleep, drink lots of water, wash your hands like crazy, and have a positive expectation of the future. Oh, no, oh yes, be grateful. Number four, fear of the loss of love. I married up. We've been together for over 40 years. My friend Kevin said, man, that's a long sentence. He's been married 35 years. I told him, don't ever say that in public again. If something were to happen to my wife, God forbid, it would be hard. We've been together a long time. I would grieve, I suspect, for a really long time. But eventually, one day, I'll wake up and life goes on. Everything in life has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Non-attachment is a Buddhist practice. Number five, fear of old age. I met Doug Out Doug, that vaudevillian I told you about when he was 92. He's the guy who said, I'm sold, I don't even buy green bananas anymore. And then he followed up with, I'm so old, I remember when the Dead Sea was sick. And I remember thinking, that's how I want to be when I grow up, just like Doug. 
Many of the real achievements of the world are the results of men and women who were well beyond the age of 65. We live in a world that caters to 18 to 49-year-old demographic. But as long as your mind is clear and you take care of your body, exercise three or four times a week, walking still the best thing to do, there's no reason to stop contributing to mankind. Number six, fear of death. One of my favorite quotes is, I'm not afraid of dying, I just don't want to be there when it happens. I almost died three different times. Two surgeries and an automobile accident, but I'm still here. I live one day at a time. I live every day as if it were my last, because one day I'll be right. And I believe the best is yet to come. If you find yourself full of fear, try the following five strategies. Number one, just remember fear is an acronym, false evidence appearing real. It's a feeling, and feelings are not facts. Moreover, feelings are temporary. Even hurricanes are temporary. Two, did you know that one square mile of fog is only 12 ounces of water? When we're driving in our car and we come across a fog bank, we slow down. Some people even stop. But it's only water, and it's temporary. Fog is like fear. It comes in many forms. Doubt, worry, indecision, anger, judgment, prejudice, and hate. Slow down. Take a breath. And ask yourself the simple question, what am I afraid of? What am I really afraid of? And then after you ask that question, number three says, ask yourself, what's the worst thing that would happen if what I'm worried about comes true? Write it down. Then ask, if then. In other words, whatever the worry is, if then, if it happens, if then, could I live with that? Would I survive? The Chinese symbol, yin and yang, is the symbol of danger and opportunity. It's these dual out, the dualities of everyday life. With every danger comes an opportunity. Number four, make a list of all the things you're worried about. Write them all down. Then come back tomorrow and see how you feel. Take a look at your list. Colin Powell would do this when he was a five-star general. In his autobiography, he said, things always look different in the morning. Pretty good advice. And number five, the opposite of fear is faith. Faith is also an acronym. It stands for forgiving, accepting, intentional, thankful, and humble. Have faith. Pray and meditate. A pastor friend of mine said, if prayer is talking to God, meditation is listening. Wait and listen for the answers. They come like whispers from the soul. Emerson called them iron strings. Whatever they are, they come from somewhere else outside of ourselves. Babe Ruth said, never let striking out get in your way. He ought to know. He holds the record for the most strikeouts, 1,330, but he also hit 714 home runs. The most painful and debilitating fear is the unknown. Get the facts from the right sources. Marianne Williamson wrote, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. 
As we're liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Having said all this, I'd still rather deliver the eulogy than be in the casket. I don't get to choose when I die. However, I'm going to live my life on purpose, giving everything I have today, one day at a time, until... This too shall pass. One of my favorite stories involves a man who was in a terrible car accident. As he was sitting in the emergency room of the local hospital, feeling sorry for himself and in tremendous pain, he noticed a bag lady wearing unwashed, shabby clothes staring at him. She stood up, walked over to him, smiled and said, You're in a lot of pain, aren't you? Yes, the man replied. I think my ribs are broken. You see, I was in an accident. Touching his shoulder, she said in a comforting tone, this too shall pass. In a strange way, her words helped. Six weeks later, the same man, the same hospital, the same bag lady, but a very different occasion. The man's first son was born. He was happy, proud, smiling. The bag lady approached him again and said, Do you remember me? I remember you. Yes, the man replied. She said, You're pretty happy, aren't you? He said, I am. My son was just born, eight pounds, five ounces. Smiling, the bag lady touched his shoulder again and said, this too shall pass. We're in the midst of an unprecedented time, and yes, it's a very serious virus. And because it's an election year and social media abounds, fears at an all-time high in terms of quantity and volume. The uncertainty is almost overwhelming. Speculation's running amok. My children have never been anything involved in anything like this. It's the first time for them. We boomers, on the other hand, have survived SARS and Ebola and mad cow at all. But, you know, the only voices I listen to are the CDC and the WHO. They represent the information that honestly serves the general population. Anyone else has a political agenda or a subjective fear-based perspective. We need to take a step back and breathe. We need to listen to the right voices. Bill Gates wrote an open letter recently that was phenomenal, had 14 points. It's one of the most cogent and objective pieces of social literature that I've come across. But it's not a Pollyanna perspective. It's pragmatic and optimistic. So the question we have to ask is, what can we do and what's out of our control? It's the serenity prayer in action. Most people have only heard 12 ships. Short version, what follows is the original version, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. But the rest of the prayer is profound. Reinhold Niebart goes on to say, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, and taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this world and supremely happy with him in the next. Today, I'm grounded. I'm grounded because I can't fly and speak, but I'm grounded because I'm focused on my own personal and spiritual development. I'm enjoying a beautiful sunrise, and for the first time in years, I'm home for a couple of weeks. And journaling today, I thought about what I can change. Number one, I can pray. Number two, I can meditate. Number three, I can journal. Number four, I can read inspiring books. Number five, I can call someone I trust to talk and talk it through. 
I can delimit my input of news and social media. I can make a gratitude list. I can reassure my children that this too shall pass. And when I do leave my house, I can use good judgment and maintain safe protocols. And ten, I can enjoy little things like the sunrise or a baby's smile or a dog chasing a ball on the beach. Just remember, this too shall pass. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.